Hello, my friends, and welcome back for this week's episode of the Practical Parsha podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn. I hope you are well. And before we begin this episode, I just wanted to say that if you enjoy this podcast, you might also like my other podcast on Pirkei Avos, Ethics of the Fathers. You can find it by searching for the Pirkei Avos podcast or looking in the show notes below. And as always, with every podcast, if you have any questions, comments, just would like to say hello, introduce yourself, please don't be shy. Send me an email. I'd love to hear from you at rabbishlomokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Kitsetse. And as I mentioned last week, the Parsha is filled with many, many mitzvot that are given to the Jewish people in this week's Parsha. The Parsha begins with the mitzvah of Yifas Toar, that if a Jewish army is in battle, and in the heat of battle, one of the soldiers sees a non-Jewish woman, and he desires her. So the Torah lays out for, for us the prerequisites that must be met if he wants to bring her home with him and make her into a wife. Now, it's worth noting that in ancient times, the nations would put their daughters out dressed in fine jewelry to attract the attention of the incoming army to hopefully deter and to destroy the other army that was coming in while they're being distracted. So the Torah tells us that Lodibra Torah elekenegi Yitzhahara. The Torah was only given opposite the Yitzhahara, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, this mitzvah of, of Yifas Toar, of this woman of beautiful form. And the Torah describes to us how he must bring her, her back to his home. He has to change her fancy clothes to clothes of mourning. And he lets her, her nails grow long and has to cut her hair. And only then, after has, his passion has subsided, does he decide if he wants to have her as a wife. And if she decides that she does not want to convert or he no longer desires her anymore, she gets sent back to her family. The Torah continues with the mitzvah of the firstborn inheritance that the Torah lays out for us, the obligation of giving the firstborn his due portion, the mitzvah of the bensoro morer, this wayward and rebellious son. If a child rebels against his parents and doesn't listen to them, he steals wine, he steals meat, different qualifications need to be met, and the child is killed. Now, it's interesting to note that the Talmud brings down that due to the specifications of this mitzvah, that make the mitzvah so uncommon, the Talmud declares that there never was a ben Sora morer and there never will be. And the commentaries discuss the reason why this mitzvah is brought down if, it's never, uh, if it never was practical. And to get more information on this, I would tell you to listen to the rebroadcast from last year where I talk about this very idea as to why the Torah lists the mitzvah ben Sora even if it has no practical purpose. The Parsha continues with concern for the property of another, that if somebody sees his friend's donkey or, or cow is, is lost or is wandering, he has an obligation to return it to its owner. There's also a prohibition to switch male and female garb, as well as the special mitzvah of shiluach hakan, sending away the mother bird from the nest, 
There's also the mitzvos of ma'akav, a protective fence, tzitzis, um, the defamation. What what do you do if if someone defames a married woman? The prohibition of adultery, general laws of sexual purity, as well as as well as the prohibition of ribis of interest, as well as some of the laws of divorce and remarriage. The parsha finishes with the responsibility of a employer to his worker, paying wages on time, making sure he has the right to eat while he's working, having consideration for the orphan and the widow, gifts to the poor from the harvest. And finally, the parsha concludes with the mitzvah of yibum, with the leveret marriage, that if somebody dies, God forbid, without children, the brother marries his sister-in-law to establish a name for his brother. And that is referred to as yibum. Or if he does not wish to marry her, he does a process which is known as chalitza, which allows his sister-in-law to marry. The first idea which I wanted to share with you today focuses in on the beginning of the Parsha. So as I mentioned before, the first mitzvah of this week's Parsha is the mitzvah of Yifas Torah, the woman of beautiful form. When a Jewish army would go out to war and a soldier would see this beautiful woman he had to follow certain laws and he would be allowed to marry her. Now, there's much to discuss about this, this mitzvah, you know, that we allow him to marry this non-Jewish woman. Obviously, he has to convert her and follow this process. But the, according to some of the commentaries, this mitzvah is not just referring to a situation with a soldier on the battlefield, but it's referring to each and every one of us. That when the Torah describes Kitzetzel HaMochama Alevecha, that when you're going to go out to war against your enemies, and I'll, and I'll read the verse, When you will go out to war against your enemies, and Hashem your God will deliver them into your hand, and you'll capture its captivity. And the Torah goes on to list out the specifications and the requirements he has to do to make her his wife. But according to others, there's a deeper meaning here, aside from the mitzvah that is given to the Jewish soldier. The enemy that we're referring to and the war that we're talking about is the war and battle against the enemy of the Yetzirah, the evil inclination. There's many lessons that could be learned from the verses on how we deal with the Yetzirah, how we deal with the evil inclination. And I wanted to just focus in on one of them today to help us get a little clarity. The Chavetz Chaim brings down that we are constantly in a battle between the Yitzharah and the Yitzhatov. That the evil inclination versus the good inclination. You know, the one angel on one side and one angel on the other side. The Yitzharah wants us always to do bad, and the Yitzharah Yitzhar, and the Tov wants us to do good. And we have to, you know, work ourselves up to get our Tov to overpower the Yitzharah. And it's not something which is an easy thing to do. And in fact, it's almost as if the, the cards are stacked against us because we're physical beings and we, we have a spiritual soul, but it's almost as if the, the physical has a overpowering uh, feeling over our spirituality. And he gives a muscle to help us understand how we're supposed to deal with the Yitzharav with evil inclination. He says as follows, that if we would have a partner who is not so honest. And maybe he steals things in the partnership and he tries to hide it. So we would speak up to the partner 
and try to get our stuff back. And even if we couldn't get our, our, our money back or the things we lost back, we would speak up to, to put them in their place to prevent them from doing it again. And there's a second scenario. If we have a partner that maybe is smarter, is more conniving, is more, you know, is more, um, you know, wise, and they're able to do more trickery, but they make themselves look as if they're our best friend. So therefore, it's incumbent upon us to do our part and everything we know to be wise and cunning to make sure that they don't steal from us. You know, obviously this is a parable. You know, if a person's in a bad partnership, you got to get out of the partnership. But let's just, we're trying to get an understanding here. The Chavetz Chaim is trying to bring out this point to us on how we deal with the Yitzhahara. So you have these two partners. One is good and one is conniving and steals. So in a situation where the partner steals outright, we would put them in the, in his place. We would tell him to stop doing that. Even if the money is gone and it's irretrievable, we want to prevent it from the future. And even if he makes himself look as if he's friendly towards us and he has his best interests, has our best interests in mind, we would still be very suspicious of him. We put certain checks and balances in place to prevent him from outsmarting us and conniving um, our part of the business. So that's the modus operandi of the Yitzhahara, of the evil inclination. And the Chavetz Chaim tells us that the way he works is that he, obviously he's sort of our partner, right? We were composed of a Yitzhahara and a Yitzhatov. And the good inclination and the evil inclination determine pretty much everything we're going to do. And many times, he's just trying to get us. He just, he's not even trying to hide it. He wants us to do bad. And he tries to push us, to push you, to push me, to do averos, to do sins, to do things that we don't want to do. And we have to push back. We have to put a stop to it that even if we fell previously, we have to make sure to put things in place that we don't fall again. But there's another aspect to the Yitzhahara that's even worse, that's even more conniving, which is when the Yitzhahara tries to, to get us to do mitzvos. He looks very religious. He looks like he's out for our good. He wants to help us. And that's the situation we have to be the most suspicious of the Yitzhahara to make sure that he's not tricking us, to get us to do something bad. And sometimes... He'll try to get us to, to do something, which will tell us it's a very good thing. It's a mitzvah. He'll try to get us to do things that are not so good, and he'll tell us to do it for the sake of Hashem, for the sake of God. And that's something which we have to be even on the more the lookout for than even the, type, the other type of partner, where he's just trying to get us something bad. Because many times, most times, when we slip up, you know, people aren't, Bad. We don't want to do bad things, but we slip because we rationalize the things that we do to, to make them as good. It's only afterwards when we do this action, we realize, like, what did I just do? I didn't want to do that. And that's the Yitzhahara. That's the evil inclination when he comes to us as our best buddy. And we have to watch out for that. Now, what's the, what's the Yitzhah? What's the advice that the Chavetz Chaim can give us to prevent us from falling into this trap of the Yitzhahara, of the inclination. And even more than that, 
What's the tools we can use to overpower it? We need to overpower the Yitzhar to have the to have the willpower and the strength to put him in its place and to keep him under control. And the answer to that is only one thing in the world that can do that, to, that can get our Yitzhar, to, that can get our desires, to get everything under control, and that's the Torah. And the Talmud tells us, Barasi Yitzhara, Barasi Torah Tavlin, that I created you with a Yitzhara, with an evil inclination, and I created the Torah as its antidote, as its antibiotic to cure us, to prevent us from being entrapped by the Yitzhara. That when we study Torah, when we are Osek B'Torah, when we're Amo B'Torah, which means is when we apply ourselves, we don't just go through the words and, and learn it superficially. When we are apply ourselves to Torah and mitzvos and put our, our heart and soul into it. So then it weakens the strength of the Yitzhahara, that the evil inclination is not able to grab hold of you to pull you down, whether it's in, in the direct confrontation or whether he's coming as your friend to look like he's out for your good. And the Chavetz Chaim brings down that the more a person works on this, that he's amal b'Torah, he toils in Torah, trying to get clarity and to get closer to Hashem through Torah and mitzvot, the more Hashem removes the Yitzhahara from him. And this is a very intrinsic part of our journeys in this world. You know, it's not just doing mitzvot and staying away from Averos. The only way we could truly succeed in the long run of getting close to Hashem and keeping our Yitzhahara at bay and, and being able to overpower Him to make the right decisions, to not fall, to not stumble, is if we study Torah. There's no other way, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. Studying Torah is an intrinsic part, um, obviously in our connection to Hashem and getting close to Him, but it's also part of the way that we're able to have the willpower and the strength to, to have the Yitzhar Tov, the good inclination within us, overpower the Yitzhara, overpower the evil inclination. And it's something which is a fundamental that we need to know. And when we apply this to ourselves, the second part of the verse is fulfilled. That when we go to war against our enemies, unsano Hashem that Hashem will place our enemies in our hands. That when we apply ourselves, to Torah, mitzvahs, to toil, to work. So then Hashem will give us success. And that's the only way that we could have success in the long run. The second idea I wanted to share with you today focuses in on the concern that the Torah has for the property of others. And as I mentioned, this week's parsha, we have the mitzvah of, of returning your friend's property, as well as the mitzvah to help your friend unload his animal. That if you're passing by and you see your friend with his donkey or his ox and it's full and he needs your help, you have a mitzvah from the Torah to help him unload it. Now, if you read the verse, there's something very interesting we see. It says, You shall not see the donkey of your brother or his ox falling on the road and hide yourself from them you shall you shall surely stand them up with him. Meaning that if you see this donkey or this ox is falling, it's struggling, and your friend is there trying to deal with the situation, you have to help him. And if you look at Rashi, Rashi points out a word in the Pasuk which actually gives us a reference to some of the halachos of this mitzvah. It says, Hakem, Takem, Imo, you have to surely help him. 
together. Im ba'alav with the owner. Avlim halach v'yashav lo. If he leads you to the animal by himself, oh, you're here, great, I'm out of here. V'amar aloi, hoyo v'alecha mitzvah im ratisa lahatun toin. Potter says, and, and, and he says, oh, it's, you have a mitzvah in the Torah to help me, so therefore I'm out of here, sayonara. So in that situation, the Torah tells us you're not required to do it and you're, you're exempted. The only time you have an obligation from the Torah to help him when his animal is struggling is when he's going to do it together with you. There's a very beautiful point that the Chavetz Chaim brings out from this verse. You know, we all want to be better people we want to improve, and maybe there's even specific areas in our lives that we want to get better in, to improve ourselves. Maybe it's certain mitzvos, maybe it's learning, many different areas. And we know that when it comes to us improving and being better, that we have to start something off, and Hashem will help us get to our goal. Hashem will help us get to the finish line. And the Chavetz Chaim says, is that, you know, the way he brings it out is that, you know, in Shemona Esrei, in the Amidah, and our prayers, we make requests for many different things. We ask Hashem for success in all our endeavors. We ask Him for Parnasa, for livelihood. We ask Him that He should, you know, grant us uh, wisdom. We should have redemption, right? We also pray that Hashem should watch us from speaking evil, from speaking Lashon Hara, from having evil speech. We say every day in davening, secha, that Hashem, that God should enlighten our eyes with His Torah. And, you know, on a personal level, I'm sure we all want to be better and improve in certain areas. And I'm sure we try and we have this desire, we speak to God that He should make us better. You know, there's a famous... Joke they always talk about yeshiva baruchim boys in yeshiva, that when it comes Purim and there's a, a mitzvah to drink on Purim, and the classic scene on Purim in the yeshiva is is a yeshiva bacher a yeshiva boy crying to his rebbe rebbe I want to learn and I remember my rosh yeshiva zatzal he would always tell a guy if a guy would tell him rebbe I want to learn and cry to him he would give him a slap out of love and say, if you want to go learn, learn. Don't cry to me about it, right? And really, the truth is, is that all the things that we, we talk about in prayer, we ask Hashem for, whether it be in the tefillah and the actual, you know, different davenings, or whether it be from our own heart, what we desire, what we want, we can't just ask Hashem for these things and expect that He's just going to put it into our mind, He's going to put it into our heart. We have to put in the effort and we have to put in the work in order for Hashem to, to get us to the finish line. And the mushal, the, the parable that the Chavetz Chaim gives to help us understand this concept is that if a person goes to someone, his friend, to borrow money and the friend says, sure, I'll borrow you $500, no problem. So now you feel good. You go home and say, ah, my friend's going to borrow me. He's going to lend me $500. I'm good. Is it realistic for you to expect that your friend's going to bring that $500 to you? No. You have to go to his house, pick up the $500, and now go use it for whatever you need to use it for. You know, it's waiting for you to, to be taken. It just you have to go get it to actually put it into play. And we see this idea from this Pasuk 
from the obligation that you only have to help your friend if he's going to be with you, right? That we know that the way of the world mirrors the way of heaven. And when it comes to our spiritual pursuits, our desires, where we want to be, we can't just sit back and say, Hashem, I want to be better. I want to improve. I want to learn. I want to understand Torah. I want to do mitzvos. We have to take a step in the direction of doing something. And it doesn't have to be a huge step. It could be a very small step, in fact. And, you know, especially now during the month of Elul, which we're in, we're heading into Rosh Hashanah. Everyone's looking for extra merits to come into the high holidays. And there's nothing more special than a person taking that step, that action, to becoming better. So when it comes to Yom to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, a person is telling Hashem, is coming before God and saying, God, I'm justifying my existence. I'm trying. I'm doing my part to improve. Please help me be better. Please let me have a, a sweet new year. So let's take the lesson of this week's Parsha to take that small step, to open that safer, that book, to study a little bit more Torah, not just asking God for all these things, but actually doing an action to go forward. And God willing, when we do that, God will help us achieve beyond our wildest dreams. So with that, I'm going to finish for this week's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out, feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. Have a great day.